ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger this evening bismillahi ta'ala we would like to continue in the brief, brief explanation of the sharh of the aqeedah of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah from the introduction of al-imam Abu Muhammad Abdullah ibn Abi Zaid al-Qayrawani in which he has explained in brief some of the or most of the important points of the Islamic creed or the aqeedah of the people of Sunnah Al-Imam ibn Abi Zaid rahimahullah began this essay by mentioning those things which are obligatory to be pronounced on the tongue and to be held as a firm conviction in the heart and he mentioned a number of things from among those things the most important of them is that which he began with and that is a tawheed in this section the eighth uh, paragraph al-imam ibn abi zayd rahimahullah talks about the sending or the missioning of the prophets and messengers and their purpose or objective for being sent and what was the role and the primary characteristics or qualities of the messenger of Allah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said from amongst those things that it is required to believe in concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he is the one who missions or sends forth the messengers الباعث الرسل إليهم لإقامة الحجة عليهم ثم ختم الرسالة والنذار والنبوة بمحمد نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is الباعث the one who sends forth or missions الرسل the messengers sending them forth to the people to various nations for the purpose of establishing the proof against them establishing the proof yani confirming that the message has been delivered and the people have been informed of what is their responsibility in this world li iqamati al-hujja alayhim the purpose the primary purpose of the sending of the prophets and messengers it is to inform the people of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created them for what is their purpose in this world that it is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and the sending of the messengers 
and the delivering of their message to the people, it is a hujjah or a proof against the nations of the earth. Every nation in the earth having had messengers or prophets sent to them. So this is the primary purpose, to establish the proof, to confirm the fact that the message has been delivered and the people have been enjoined or encouraged to worship Allah, to obey Him so that they might enter the paradise and they have been warned against disobedience to Allah which would result in their punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sent or missioned the messengers for the establishment of the proof against them. ثُمَّ خَطَمَ الرِّسَالَةِ وَالنِّذَارَ وَالنُّبُوَّةِ بِمُحَمَّدٍ نَّبِيهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then he sealed the risala, يعني the sending of messengers, and النِّذَارَ the sending of warners, and النُّبُوَّةِ prophethood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sealed these missions Yani there is no more sending of messengers or warners or prophets after the sending of the Prophet Muhammad All of this was sealed, it was closed by the missioning of the Prophet Muhammad the Messenger of Allah. فَجَعَلَهُ آخِرَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَدَاعِيًا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ وَصِرَاجًا مُنِيرًا then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him, that is his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last of the messengers, the final messenger, after whom no other messenger would come. He is the seal of the messengers, the last of them, the final one. And he has missioned him, Bashiran, as one who gives good news or the glad tidings, one who gives the people the bushra, the good news, for those who obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they would earn his reward, al-jannah. وَنَذِيرًا As a warner, warning the people, warning the people that those who disobey Allah, that those who disbelieve in Allah and those who fall into shirk, that they would be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hellfire. وَدَاعِيًا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ And he is a caller to Allah, calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the worship of Allah, to the deen of Allah, by the permission of Allah. وَصِرَاجًا مُنِيرًا And he is a lighted lamp, a lamp that lights the way, that clears the way, that makes the road clear and easy to follow. بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا The one who calls the people or announces the good news or the glad tidings and the one who warns against disobedience to Allah and calls to Allah and he is the light that lights the way so that the people may follow the correct way. وَأَنزَلَ عَلَيْهِ كِتَابَهُ الْحَكِيمِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to him his book, his wise book. الْكِتَابَهُ الْحَكِيمِ The book containing the wisdom, the divine wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which puts everything in perspective, puts everything in its place. It calls to every good and warns against every evil so that the people will know where they should put their actions and how to worship Allah and how to live in this world. وَشَرَعَ بِدِينِهِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Or as it is found, the wording in another uh, copy of this book which appears to be closer to the correct wording وَشَرَعَ بِهِ دِينَهُ الْقَوِيمِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated by the Prophet or through the Prophet, by the sending of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم 
he has legislated his he has legislated his deen yani he has given the sharia of his deen al mustaqim his straight deen he has legislated it through the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam by sending him by missioning him wa hada bihi as sirat al mustaqim and he has guided guided that is the people by him through the sending of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the straight path in this paragraph or in this section al-imam ibn abi zaid rahimahullah is confirming the objective or the main purpose of the sending of the prophets and messengers and the role of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as the seal of the prophet that there is no prophet to come after him he says al-ba'ithu ar-rusul ilayhim li-iqamati al-hujjah alayhim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who commissions or missions or sends forth the messengers to the various nations to the people to establish the hujjah or the proof against them the proof that the message had been delivered and therefore everyone is responsible for their actions and this is as in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah an-nisa chapter 4 verse 165 rusulan mubashshirin wa munzirin li an la yakuna lin nas على الله حجة بعد الرسول وكان الله عزيزا حكيما الذين sent as messengers مبشرين ومنذرين giving the good news or the glad tidings to the people the glad tidings of the reward of Allah of the paradise for those who obey him ومنذرين and warning those who disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of his stern punishment لئلا لا يكون للناس على الله حجة بعد الرسول so that there would not be any hujja any proof any argument for the people against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they would not have any argument against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on yawm al-qiyamah after the sending of the messengers whoever wants to plead innocent they will not be able to plead innocent because the proof has been established the prophets and messengers have been sent with this objective Therefore the messengers they are the shuhada they are the witnesses against their people that they have delivered to them yani delivered to them the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and established against them the proof so that they would have no argument yani so that they would not remain after the sending of the messengers they would not remain for the people any shubha any doubt or any argument to defend themselves with but in fact their actions are only the result of their stubbornness and pride their stubbornness to obey the prophets and messengers when they call them to the right way and their pride which prevented them from submitting to those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have sent for their guidance thumma khatama ar-risala wan nidarata wan nubuwata bi Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faj'alahu akhiran mursalin then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sealed the sending of messengers yani the risala and also the sending of warnings and prophethood with muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and made him the last of the messengers the final messenger as one who is giving the good news and warning against evil and calling to the way of allah by his permission and a lighted lamp and this is as in the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-ahzab chapter 33 verse 45 and 46 يا ايها النبي انا ارسلناك شاهدا ومبشرا ونذيرا 
وداعيا الى الله باذنه وصراجا منيرا that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet Ya Yuhan Nabi, O Prophet Verily we have sent you Shahidan as a witness Against the people to whom you have been sent Yani to all of humanity Because the Prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And his missioning It is to the whole of humanity To jinn and to men He said indeed we have sent you as a shahid A witness against the people Wa mubashir Mubashir, one who is calling the people or announcing to them to the good news, the good news of the reward of Allah for those who obey Him. وَنَذِيرًا And a warner against disobedience to Allah and he followed to the way of Allah by His permission and a lighted lamp. Yeah, and he's showing the way of Allah clearly so that the people may easily follow it. So the messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the last of the messengers. He is the final messenger. And this is as in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab chapter 33 verse 40 مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَقَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمًا مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was not the father of any of your men he was not the father of any of your men. وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ But in fact what he is, he is the messenger of Allah, the one sent by Allah. وَخَاتِمَ النَّبِيِينَ And the seal of the Prophet. And the seal of the Prophet meaning that they, that prophethood is closed with him. It's closed, not to be opening, not to be opened after him. Therefore no prophet or messenger can come after him. Not like some of those who deviated from the correct uh, Islamic creed concerning the finality of the Prophet of Muhammad who said that Khatim al Nabiin, it means that he is the seal of approval. That if any Prophet came after him, they have to compare him to the Prophet of Muhammad to see if he is approved. In fact, the meaning of it, as all of the scholars of the people of Sunnah, and as is clear from the verse itself, it is that he is the final Prophet, that Prophethood has been closed with him, and there cannot be any Prophet after him. Therefore, whoever claims prophethood for himself or for other than himself, whoever claims prophethood, that he is a prophet, or claims that someone else is a prophet, then such a one, yani after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu whoever claims it, then such a one has disbelieved and has gone out of Islam. Then whoever claims prophethood, after the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu whoever claims it for himself, or attributes it, to, attributes it to other than himself, then that person has disbelieved. He has denied and rejected the clear statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the preceding verse that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is the messenger of Allah and the seal of the Prophet. Such a person has disbelieved. He has gone out of Islam. And likewise, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu not only is he the seal of the Prophet, but he is a shahid, a witness against the people that he has, that the message has been delivered. He is a witness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call the Prophet forward on Yawm Qiyamah as a witness against every nation that the message has been delivered to them. And he is one who announces the good news to whoever obeys him. He announces the good news of Al-Jannah. And he is a warner to whoever disobeys him with the warning of the hellfire. That the one who obeys him he is announcing or giving them the good news of paradise. Because it is through obedience 
to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that one earns the pleasure of Allah because obedience to the Prophet is obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is similar to the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the authentic hadith recorded by Al-Bukhari rahimahullah and what he said Kullu ummati yadkhulun al-jannah illa man aba that all of my ummah will enter the paradise all of my ummah, every follower of the Prophet Muhammad will enter the paradise even if they have sinned even if they have committed major sins even if they have not repented from their sins other than shirk then even if they are punished Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he decides by his will to punish them then they will come out of the fire and into the paradise the Prophet said Kullu ummati all of my ummah will enter the paradise illa man aba except the one who refuses and they said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, wa man ya'aba? Yani will somebody refuse to enter the paradise? Is there anyone who would refuse to enter the paradise? The Prophet ﷺ said, Man a'ta'ani dakhal al-jannah wa man a'ta'ani faqad aba. That whoever obeys me, then he has entered the paradise. And whoever disobeys me, then he has refused. Yani the one who disobeys the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, he has disobeyed Allah and that one has refused for himself the reward of Allah, his paradise. And he is the lighted lamp and the guide to the straight path. And here he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nur, chapter 24, verse 54, That if you obey him, then you will be guided and it is through obedience to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that a person is guided and then he mentions the saying of al-imam ibn Abi Zayd rahimahullah and he has revealed to him his wise book the book of wisdom that is al-Quran al-Hakim al-Kareem the noble Quran that contains in it the guidance for every good in the deen as well as in the dunya the Qur'an contains the guidance to every good not only in the religious affairs but also in the worldly affairs the Qur'an contains the call and the guidance to every good and the warning from every evil in the deen and in the dunya in the religious affairs as well as in the worldly affairs uh, worldly affairs according to the various wordings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated through him his straight religion, his upright or true religion and he has guided through him the people, he has guided the people through him to the straight path so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated for his messenger the most perfect of legislations the most perfect sharia and the best of that which has been legislated yani that which has been legislated to the previous prophets the best of that which has been legislated is that which is legislated to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we believe that there is only one deen not as some people might understand according to the expression that is used by many of the scholars al-adyan al-samawiyya the heavenly religions or heavenly deens but we believe that there is only one deen there is no uh, Christianity and Judaism and Islam they are various true deens 
there's only one deen, but every prophet was sent with a sharia, or every messenger was sent with a sharia. Sometimes that sharia was different from one nation to another, or one time to another time, yani in accordance with what was suitable for that people. The best of what has been legislated, is that, and the most perfect of it, is that which has been legislated through the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and he has guided uh, guided him, that is, he has guided the Prophet Muhammad to the most straight and the best of ways uh, and the most just or moderate of ways in the affairs of the deen and in the affairs of the dunya. Uh, here, Shaykh Muhammad al-Khumayyid, Allah, may Allah protect and preserve him, summarized the points of this section saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent messengers as uh, bringers of good news and warners to establish the proof against the people and that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he is the last of the messengers and that he is a Bashir yani the one who gives the good news and Nabir the one who warns and Astiraj Al-Munir the lighted lamp as well he is a Shahid the, the witness against the people and the Da'i that calls to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah has revealed to him the Quran and legislated for him the best of that which has been given as deen and the most straight and perfect of that which has been legislated as a law for any people. In the next paragraph, Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd talks about the hour of judgment, the fact of the coming of the hour of judgment and that the people will be resurrected to life again as they were brought to life the first time. And he said briefly here concerning this point, what, of those things that we are required to have faith in, to believe firmly and to have a firm conviction in our hearts. That the hour, meaning the hour of judgment, the day of judgment, it is coming. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect whoever has died, every human being that has come into this world and died, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring them back to life, He will raise them back to life. And it is just as He has brought them into being, into existence, just as He has given them life the first time in the beginning, He will also bring them into being or bring them back to life on the judgment day. Just as Allah has done it the first time, He will also do it again for the resurrection and the accounting and the rewarding of the people that those who have done good with good and those who have done evil with evil the sheikh says concerning this statement that the hour is coming and there is no doubt about it he said as it is al-qiyamah as it is al-qiyamah it is the resurrection wa al-yawm al-akhir it is the last day as it means the time of resurrection when the people will be resurrected from the dead it means the last day, the last day of this world uh, upon, uh, on which the people will be judged and they will be rewarded according to their deeds in this life as Allah wills. And no one knows what is the time or this hour. No one has this knowledge except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not prophets or angels or anyone who claims to know. No one knows this is of the matters of the unseen the time of the judgment, when it will be, is only known to Allah. As for the signs of the judgment, the Prophet Muhammad have mentioned many of the signs 
uh, when would be يعني, the nearness of the time of judgment, major as well as minor signs. And this is يعني, the fact that no one knows this is what has been mentioned, no one knows except Allah, is what has been mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Luqman chapter 31 verse 34, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ إِلْمَسَّعَةِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ إِلْمَسَّعَةِ That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the knowledge of the, of the hour is with Him alone, is with Allah. Nobody knows, nobody has this knowledge of the sa'a, of the hour of judgment except Allah. And likewise the saying of Allah in Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 verse 187, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ السَّعَةِ That they ask you, they ask the Prophet ﷺ about the sa'a, about the hour of judgment. أَيَّانَ مُرْسَاهَا When will be its time? When is its appointed time? When will it be? يعني, since you are the Prophet of Allah and the Messenger, then when is the hour of judgment? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him, قُلْ إِنَّمَا عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي Say that verily, it's the knowledge of it. It is only with my Lord. It is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knows it. So that the faith for having Iman in the last day, it is a pillar of the pillars of, of the six pillars of Iman. It is one of the arkan al-Iman, a sitta. It is one of the pillars of faith in Islam. Whoever rejects any one of them, then that person has rejected Islam and is a kafir. Whoever denies it, yani this pillar of the six pillars of Iman, the belief in the last day, the day of judgment and resurrection, then he is a disbeliever in Allah the Supreme. And this is like the saying of Allah in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 136, That whoever denies or disbelieves, whoever disbelieves, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his angels and his books and his messengers and the last day then that person has indeed gone far astray. Whoever disbelieves in al-yawm al-akhir in the last day then that person has indeed gone far astray. It is the last day. There is no doubt about its coming and this is as in the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Hajj chapter 22 Verse 7 That indeed the hour of judgment is coming There is no doubt about it And then the saying of Ibn Abi Zayd That indeed verily Allah will resurrect Whoever dies It is as the saying of Allah in the continuation Of the previous ayat in Surah Hajj Chapter 22 verse 7 من في القبور يعني وأن الساعة آتية لا ريب فيها that verily the hour is coming there is no doubt about it وأن الله يبعث من في القبور and there is no doubt about the fact that Allah will resurrect all of those who are in the grave and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 38 وأقسموا بالله جهد إيمانهم لا يبعث الله من يموت that they swear وأقسموا بالله they swear by Allah جهد إيمانهم their strongest oath لا يبعث الله من يموت that Allah will not resurrect those who die those are the kuffar who disbelieve in the resurrection and the judgment and the accounting and the reward and the next life 
بلى وعدا عليه حقا ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون نيمديد تيز a promise وعدا عليه حقا it is a promise that is binding on Allah to bring it about he has promised it and it is binding on him to establish it ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون however most of the people do not know most of the people do not believe in the hour of judgment or the accounting so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect the people after their death their souls as well as their physical bodies this is the belief of the Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect the souls of the human beings as well as their physical bodies just as he has brought them into this world the first time physically and spiritually likewise he will resurrect them physically and spiritually and he will call them to account according to their actions, their deeds and he will reward them or recompense them according to their actions so Allah will reward the muhsin, the one who does good and he will punish the musi, the one who does evil and everyone will be recompensed according to his deeds so whoever denies al-ba'ath, the resurrection the bringing to life after death that person has fallen into kufr and this is based on the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in chapter 64 verse 7 that those who disbelieve claim that they will never be resurrected that they will never be brought back to life and called to account and punished for their deeds قُلْ بَلَى وَرَبِّي لَتُبْعَثُنَّ ثُمَّ لَتُنَبَّعُنَّ بِمَا عَمِلْتُمْ وَذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ Indeed, by my Lord, you will definitely be resurrected. And then you will definitely be informed of your actions. And you will be informed about what you have done. And that informing it means that you will be called to account for it that you will be called to account, that you will be recompensed for your actions. And indeed, this is easy for Allah. And this is, and this leads to يعني, the saying of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd concerning the resurrection, كَمَا بَدَأَهُمْ يَعُودُونَ Just as Allah brought them into being the first time in the beginning as Allah brought the human beings to life, physically and spiritually, then they will return the same way. They will be brought back again physically and spiritually. And this is based on the saying of Allah in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 29. Just as you have been brought into being, brought into this life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will be brought back to life again. So that the people will be resurrected as they were created the first time. As Allah created the first time, they will be resurrected, they will be brought back to life again. And Allah will come to them and He will call them to account, all of them, all of the people will be called to account for their deeds. And this is not something that will render Allah incapable. Yani this is not something that is difficult for Allah. Allah is indeed capable and able to do so. Indeed, the resurrection, bringing back to life again after death, it is easier for Allah to bring the human beings back to life then it is to bring them to life the first time. It is easier. And this is uh, understood from the saying of Allah in Surah Yasin, chapter 36, 
by the Shaykh by saying that verily the hour is coming, it is a reality, there is no doubt about it. And that the dead will be resurrected by Allah after their death, just as He brought them into existence the first time. And finally, the last paragraph that we want to discuss from the essay this evening, it is the saying of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, Rahimahullah, concerning the reward of the human beings being multiplied and the forgiveness of Allah of the sins of His servants and what would be the state of those who repent to Allah after sinning and what would be the condition of those who don't repent. He said also of those things that we are required to hold a firm conviction in وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ ضَعَفَ لِعِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الْحَسَنَاتِ that indeed Allah subhanahu He has multiplied, He increases for his believing servants, al-hasanat, the good, uh, the reward for their good deeds. وَصَفَحَ لَهُمْ بِالتَّوْبَةِ عَنْ كَبَائِرِ السَّيِّئَاتِ And he pardons and overlooks, passes over their major sins due to their tawbah, their repentance. Yani the major sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He overlooks them and He pardons and forgives them for those who perform a tawbah, who repent to him, yani who stop what they are doing when they realize that it is wrong and feel remorse for what they have done and make a firm resolution not to return to it, seeking Allah's forgiveness. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he pardons and he overlooks those major sins. وَغَفَرَ لَهُمْ الْكَبَائِرِ And he covers up and he also pardons their minor sins, as spaghair he pardons them by their avoiding the major sins. By simply avoiding the major sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away the minor sins for the one who strives to avoid the major sins. وَجَعَلَ مَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ مِنَ الْكَبَائِرْ طَائِرًا إِلَى مَشِيَتِهِ And he has made the one who does not repent from the major sins, he has made that one subject to his Mashiach, to his will. Yani he means here that which the scholars of Ahl Sunnah have stated in their books of Aqidah that the one who commits a major sin, if he sincerely repents to Allah, Allah forgives him. And if he doesn't repent before his death, other than shirk, from other than shirk, then he will be subjected to the will of Allah, to the Mashiach of Allah. Meaning that Allah will do with him as he wills. If he wills, he will punish him justly, and if he wills, he will forgive him out of his mercy. Allah will do with him as he wills. And this is, uh, and then he closes with the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 48, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَيْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That verily Allah does not forgive that anyone should be associated with him, that anyone should make shirk 
with him, whether in ibadah or in other of those things that are the rights of Allah alone. Allah doesn't forgive shirk, but he forgives whatever is less than that. Yani, and every sin is less than shirk. Allah forgives whatever is less than that to whomever he wills. If anybody commits a major sin of the worst of sins other than shirk, then Allah doesn't forgive shirk. But everything less than that, Allah forgives to whomever he wills. Therefore, whoever does not repent from the major sins, then on Yawm Qiyamah, Allah will do with them as he wills. He will forgive whomever he wills and he will punish justly whoever he wills. The saying of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd that Allah multiplies the reward of his believing serve, or slave, yani their hasanat, their good deeds, and this is as in the saying of Allah in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 160, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا That whoever comes with one hasana, one good deed, then he will have the reward of ten, the like of it. He will have the reward of the likeness of ten good deeds like the one that he has done. And this is also understood from the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 261 That the likeness or the example of those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَنْبَتَتْ سَبَعَ سَنَابِلَ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِيَةُ حَبَّةٍ وَاللَّهُ يُضَاعِفُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ That it is the likeness of a grain a grain of corn, and it grows from one grain seven airs of corn, and in every air one hundred grains. Yani seven hundred times multiplied from one good deed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may give ten rewards, as in the previous ayat, or up to seven hundred rewards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies the rewards of His servants to whomever He wills, and Allah is wasi'un alim, He is sufficient. Yani in fulfilling the needs of his creatures and all knowing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he rewards the one who does good because of his ihsan, because of his goodness. He rewards him for his goodness. He rewards him by multiplying his good deeds in multiple, multiplied so many times over. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2 verse 245, مَنْ من الذي يقرض الله قرضا حسنا Who is it that will lend to Allah a goodly loan? قرضا حسنا يعني do a good deed for the sake of Allah فيضاعفه له أضعافا كثيرا Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will multiply it many times over. And this is the fadl of Allah. It is Allah's favor, His bounty. He multiplies the good deeds of His servants in multiple as much as He wills. And then he said concerning their sins, وَصَفَحَ لَهُمْ بِالتَّوْبَةِ أَنْ كَبَارِ السَّيَّاتِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pardons and overlooks for them their major sins by tawbah, by their repentance. And that is that the believer, if he commits a sin, and then he repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincere repentance, and he turns back to Allah by doing good deeds, at tawbah wal-inabah, turning to Allah with good deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away or expiates or removes his evil deeds. And this is as in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Tahreem, chapter 66, verse 8, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, tubu ila Allahi tawbatan nasuha. All who believe, repent, turn back to Allah with sincere repentance. Asa rabbukum ayyukaffira ankum siyyatikum. Perhaps it is expected that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will expiate 
from you your sins. And also the saying of Allah Surah Al Furqan, chapter 25, verse 68 through 70, But whoever does these sins that are mentioned before this, then they will meet or they will receive a punishment for their sins. And Allah will multiply their reward for on the day of resurrection. And they will remain in it in disgrace. Except, yani whoever has done the evil deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish them. And He will put them in a condition of disgrace and humiliation. Except the one who repents and who believes and who does good deeds and who repents and who believes and who follows that repentance with good deeds فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنًا وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورُ رَحِيمًا Then these Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He will exchange the evil deeds for good deeds Allah will exchange the evil deeds of those who have repented and believed and followed with good deeds he will exchange their evil deeds and replace them, not only remove them and forgive them, but he will replace them, the evil deeds, as good deeds. And indeed Allah is forgiving merciful. So the tawbah it removes whatever was before it. It erases and it expiates for whatever has been before it. And then the saying of Imam Ibn Abi Zayd that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive the sagair, the major sins, by merely avoiding al-kabair, by avoiding falling into he will forgive the minor sins by avoiding falling into the major sins. And this is understood from the saying of Allah in chapter 53, Surah Al-Najm, chapter 53, verse 32, That those who avoid, who stay far away from the major sins, وَالْفَوَاحِشَةِ and indecencies, إِلَّا lamam, except some small sins, except small faults that no human being can be free from. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ وَاسِعُ الْمَغْفِرَةِ Then indeed your Lord is, is wise or vast in His forgiveness. Yani Allah is very forgiving. And this is also what is mentioned in the authentic hadith reported by Imam Muslim rahimahullah from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said الصلوات الخمس والجمعة إلى الجمعة ورمضان إلى رمضان كفارة لما بينهما إذا اجتنبت الكبائر that the five prayers, if they are performed in a day, and one Juma to the next Juma, the performance of Juma to the next Juma, and Ramadan, the fasting of Ramadan to the next Ramadan, that all of these are kafara. These are means of expiation of one sin. The five prayers of the day are expiation for the sins performed between them. As the Prophet ﷺ gave him the example of a man who goes through a stream in front of his house five times a day with any dirt remain on him, and likewise the five prayers of the day and Juma to Juma and Ramadan to Ramadan, it is a means of expiating whatever is between them, either Tunibat al Kabayah. If the person avoids the major sins. Avoiding the major sins is in and of itself a means of expiation of minor sins. So the avoidance of the major sins in and of itself is one of the Yani Mukafarat, which is one of the things that expiate for the minor sins. And this is from the fadl or the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on this point, there is no time this evening, but yani, it is worth noting that though this is the aqidah of the Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah, and it is the opinion of the jamhur or the majority of the scholars, that 
major sins would only be removed by tawbah while minor sins might be removed by those things that the Prophet ﷺ have mentioned in this hadith and in other hadith. However, some of the scholars held the opinion that even major sins might be removed by some of these things that have been mentioned in the text, which suggests or indicate apparently that whoever does such and such a thing, all of their sins will be removed. And some of the scholars said that it also includes the major sins. And the argument for this is a little bit lengthy and there's not time to refer to it now. But whoever wants to may look in the checking of the hadith of Sarahib or Sarahib, the checking by Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani. And he has discussed this point uh, in some detail and explained the position of those scholars who say that there are hadith which point to the fact that even major sins could be forgiven without tawbah, yani would be removed and Allah knows best. Then he said that, yani Ali Imam Ibn Zayd says that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would make the one who does not repent from the major sins, he would be subject to the Mashiach, to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this has been confirmed in the hadith of Al-Bukhari, من أصاب من ذلك شيئاً, yani whoever has been afflicted by something of that, whoever has fallen into one of these sins, ثُمَّ سَطَرَهُ الله, then Allah covered him up, didn't let it become seen or known, then he will be returning to Allah in that condition. Whoever has done what he has done and Allah has covered it, and he has not repented, and he has not been punished for it, then he will return to Allah. If Allah wills, he will pardon him. And if Allah wills, he will punish him for that. And this is the saying of the people of truth, and the saying of the Salaf, the early generations of the Muslims, from the Sahaba and those who followed in their way, that the one who commits a major sin without considering it as being lawful, whoever steals without considering stealing lawful, whoever drinks alcohol without considering it being lawful, then this is the saying concerning them that even if it is a major sin, as long as they didn't consider what they are doing is lawful, but they admit that it is sinful, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he, if they have not been punished for it in this world and they have not repented from it, then Allah may forgive them even from the major sins if He wills or He may punish them justly. Yani, as long as they don't consider it as lawful. If they repented from it, then Allah accepts their repentance. And if the punishment, the hudud, has been inflicted upon them in this world, then that will be an expiation for their sins. And if the hudud has not been performed on them and they died without making tawbah, then they will be tahta al-mashiyah. They will be subjected to the will of Allah. If Allah wills, He will pardon them. And if He wills, He will punish them for their sins. However, we fear for them. And even though we know that Allah may pardon them, we fear for them. And we don't make a ruling or a judgment against them that they will be in the hellfire forever for committing major sins. As was... sins is slightly different in its expression, the ultimate end of its meaning is the same. The Khawarij said that whoever commits a major sin is a kafir who will be in hellfire forever. And the Ma'atazila said that whoever commits major sins are neither a believer nor a disbeliever. They're between kufr and iman, but they also said, as the Khawarij said, that they will be in the hellfire forever. So in the end of it all, they're saying is the same. And this is not the opinion of the people of Sunnah. The opinion of the people of Sunnah is that the one who has committed a major sin 
if they repented from it, Allah accepts their repentance, if it is sincere repentance. And if they didn't, and they have not been punished for it, then they will be under the will of Allah. Allah will punish them if He wills or He may forgive them yani out of His mercy. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah from Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 48, إِنَّ اللَّهِ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَيُّشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ That That verily Allah forgives, or Allah does not forgive. Allah will not forgive that shirk that anyone should be associated with Him. And He forgives whatever is less than that to whomever He wills. In this ayat, it is a clear text concerning this issue. Yani the issue of whether or not the people who died committing major sins and have not repented from them and have not been punished from them, that Allah may forgive them if He wills. This ayat is a clear text in this issue. And its meaning is that shirk will not be forgiven for the one who does it ever. And here also there is some difference of opinion amongst the scholars of Sunnah. That shirk akbar, major shirk, definitely would never be forgiven. As for minor shirk, some of the scholars said that Allah might forgive minor shirk. Because there is a big difference between minor shirk and major shirk. However, some scholars said that it is better to leave it as shirk in the absolute sense that Allah will not forgive shirk. Don't make a distinction between major and minor. And this is better in warning the people and frightening the people from falling into any type of shirk, whether it is major or minor. The meaning is that shirk will not be forgiven for the one who does it. As for whatever is besides that, of the major sins or the minor sins, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will forgive them for whomever He wills. And the summary of this section is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies the good deeds of the believers and that avoiding the major sins it is a means for the expiation of minor sins and that the Muslim uh, and he who dies without making tawbah then he will be subjected to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, this is the end of what and he, we have time to cover Allah ta'ala is there any questions or comments or any uh, corrections from what has been said perhaps we can take just a few moments and then look at the questions quickly Then the first question that is mentioned, what is the purpose for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has missioned al-rusul, the messengers? The purpose, what is the purpose for which Allah has missioned the messengers? To establish the proof, the iqamat al-hujjah, to establish the proof against the people that the message has been delivered to them and they have been warned against evil and encouraged to do good. What is the hukum shari or the legal ruling concerning one who claims and nubuwa, prophethood, for himself or for someone else after the missioning of the Prophet Muhammad Now, the person who, deni- who claims prophethood for himself or for someone else and that person has fallen into disbelief. This is kufr. Explain the basis of or the reasoning behind this ruling. And why, why do we say it is kufr? Because the Qur'an says that there is no Prophet, that Prophethood is sealed, that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is Khatim and Nabiyin, is the seal of the Prophet. Therefore whoever claims other than that, he has disbelieved in the Qur'an. And whoever disbelieves in even one word of the Qur'an is a kafir. Mention some of the sifat or descriptions of the Prophet sallallahu mentioned in this section. Naam, here is a Siraj al-Muni, a lighted lamp that shows the way. Mubashiran, the one who gives the good news for those who obey Allah. And a warner, and a shahid, a witness against the people, Nam. Nam, he is also the best of creation, but he has not mentioned it here in this section. Nam. 
and, and call it to Allah by His permission. To whom was the Prophet Muhammad sent to announce the good news or give glad tidings? Yani the good news, it is for those who, who, who believe and who obey Allah. Yani they are the ones who have the good news, the bushra. There is no, no good news for the people who disbelieve and who disobey Allah. The good news are for those who obey Allah. Explain the importance of belief in the coming of the Sa'a, the hour of judgment. Why is this belief in the coming of the Sa'a? Why is it? How can we show that it is important? What is its importance? That it is one of the six pillars of faith. It is one of the foundations of belief. And also it is one of the motivating factors for the true believer who believes that it is true, that it will really happen for him to behave properly and to obey Allah and to avoid disobedience of Allah. What is the Hukum Shari concerning the one who disbelieves in the coming of the hour? And it is Kufr, whoever disbelieves in the coming of the hour. And in the coming of the hour, it's part of the belief in Yawm al-Akhir, the last day, that there is an hour of judgment where the people will be uh, resurrected and their accounts will be given and they will be rewarded or punished according to their deeds. Mention some of the essential aspects of faith in Yawm al-Akhir, the last day. What are some of the essential aspects of the belief in the last day? That? Okay, only Allah knows the hour. Naam. What will happen in that day? What do we believe? That people will be resurrected physically as well as their soul. Naam. And also? Huh? Naam. And what else will happen? The record, the accounting of the good deeds and evil deeds and the reward and the punishment. Naam. And there are so many other points of belief that have been dealt with in some of the other books. If you go back to Al-Aqeel al-Sahawiyyah, Al-Lumat al-Aqiqad, Al-Imam al-Sahawi and Al-Imam ibn Qudama, you'll find some of the details of the belief in the last day. What is the... I mean, uh, how can one erase Al-Kabair, the major sins? How can we remove the Kabair? The Tawbah, according to the majority of the scholars of the Sunnah, that major sins can only be removed by Tawbah, while the other opinion is that there are some deeds which a person, if he does it, perhaps, or if she does it, even major sins were removed and Allah knows best. Mention some of the means by which as-sarair, the minor sins, may be removed. Abstaining from the major sins, from the, the, the prayer to prayer, the five prayers of the day, from Juma to Juma, Ramadan to Ramadan, and so many other things that the Prophet ﷺ have mentioned. Yani the one who performs correctly the Hajj and it is accepted, he will come back like the day his mother gave birth to him. That means he will be removed from all of his sins. And so many other means there are of removing the minor sins. Discuss the conditions of those who do not repent from the major sins before death. What would be the conditions? Huh? Naam, it will be up to Allah. They will be subjected to the Mashia of Allah, to the will of Allah. It is up to Allah. If He wills, He may forgive them out of His mercy. And if he wills, he will punish them justly for the sins that they have committed in Allah knows best. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shadwan la ilaha illa anta sasruka wa atubu ilayk. Just want to remind the brothers and sisters that inshallah in the month of Ramadan, on Saturdays, bi-ibnillahi ta'ala, before Maghrib, for one hour before Maghrib, we will have a darf from the Kitab al-Sawm, the book of fasting from Bulugu al-Muram. Kitab al-Siyam from Bulugu al-Muram. Yes. <laughs>